At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Sadly, it's a Silver Linings edition of the HHC. What an effort from the Hornets last night, falling in overtime to the Chicago Bulls, 119-112. to Chicago getting stronger by the day, it seems. Even healthier roster than they had last Friday in Chicago. Four former All-Stars populating the roster. Meanwhile, Charlotte, you could argue, had four starters unavailable at minimum five rotation players that were not available for Charlotte due to the injuries and absences that just continue to compound. And yet the Hornets forced overtime, had a look to win it, ended up falling 119 to 112. We'll break it down, give you our silver linings from last night's game, and also the latest injury updates that have been corresponded to us from the team. Helping me on all of these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, with us once again. Rob, always good to see you, especially good to see you back here at home. I forgot. It's been First home game in like two weeks since 2023, which was like a week ago. Crazy long road trip, but good to be back with you here in studio. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. I'm glad you're able to still know where the studio is. So uh, that's good. I found it eventually. Uh, Hornets lose 119 to 112. Chicago improving to three and zero against Charlotte. A couple of really good efforts for the visiting Bulls. Kobe White, the North Carolina native, 27 points. Andre Drummond, the former All Star, turning back the clock a little bit with a 21.15 rebound effort. And then Nikola Vucevic, another former All-Star, 21 points and 10 boards off the bench. But overall, I felt like the storyline for this one was A, the individual brilliance of Terry Rozier, who has a historic night. On the one hand, he passes Del Curry for the fifth most 20-point games in Hornets franchise history. Now has 157. That moves him into fifth place all on his lonesome passing Dell. And anytime you pass Del Curry in anything involving the Hornets, that is a significant, significant accomplishment. Beyond that, he has a career high with 12 made free throws and did it all while garnering double-team attention, even without the ball from Chicago. So that that's part one of it. But part two... There have been a lot of games where we have contemplated, boy, this game would look different if Charlotte had one or two of its players back. This is one of the few times that I really, truly, in my heart, believe that if there's any kind of help coming from those reserves in this one, it goes a different way. And it's hurtful to say that because you know how badly all those players want to get back there on the floor, and you know it's in the team's long-term best interest for them not to go out there when they're not ready and risk an even worse injury. See what just happened with John Morant. Now, his was not an injury, but you never want to tempt things when you're not feeling 100%. But all that being said, it just hurts to see Terry Rozier go out there night after night, put up these kinds of efforts, and the team not have enough wind in their sails to get quite across the finish line. It's really unfortunate, and I think even when you look at it, 
you and Will Palachik talked about it after the game on the broadcast yesterday on Hornets postgame on WFNZ about how this feels different, like you mentioned, with just maybe one more person, even if it's like a P.J. Washington or a Gordon Hayward or something like that. And Steve Clifford even said before the game yesterday, I asked him about just what that rotation looks like in the front court with a guy like P.J. going down, who is typically normally a small ball five, all things considered. Now you had two healthy guys at the center position on a roster last night with Nick Richards and Nathan Mensah, and he talked about how Gordon going down is kind of the linchpin more or less because when Gordon goes down, that really kind of shatters the lineup a little bit in a sense where now you have to pick and choose if you want to go small or you want to go big. It's not really this in-between sweet spot that you have when Gordon Hayward is in the lineup. So I thought that was interesting that Steve Clifford mentioned that. But the other thing, too, about it yesterday also is the fact that, like you mentioned just a few moments ago, Chicago got healthier from Friday's game, and I think a big reason to that was Alex Caruso. I thought he played a great game defensively. I thought that was something that really just bugged Terry Rozier, even when he wasn't getting doubled. I mean, there were times where Terry was just doing everything he could to get back to the ball, and Alex Caruso just would not let him the ball 30, 33 feet away from the basket. I mean, he made his life difficult yesterday, Alex Caruso did on Terry Rozier. So you got to give credit where credit's due in that sense. But even if Chicago didn't have Alex Caruso, I think this maybe is a different game too as well. So just one player on each side when you only have 10 guys out there to begin with as it is can make a huge difference night in and night out. The Hornets three days prior had lost in Chicago by 13 in the game where Alex Caruso and Patrick Williams did not play. Uh, that was to wrap up that long mostly Western Conference road trip, come home the opener of 2024 inside Spectrum Center, and Charlotte not only got more bad news with the injury front with uh, Cody Martin ending up being unavailable, as well as P.J. Washington not available from the start, although that one wasn't necessarily a shock as he suffered the injury in that recent game in Chicago. And yet, even with the Bulls loading up even more and Charlotte being even more shorthanded, the Hornets still able to force overtime and almost came away with the victory. After the game, Hornets head coach Steve Clifford on the repercussions of all of these injuries. I mean, they, they double-team him a lot all year. It's just you know, right now, I mean, you know, with the guys we're playing, usually we're pretty good against it, right? I mean, it's just, yeah, right now, if we're playing this team the rest of the year, they're going to double team. I mean, you know, it makes sense. Coach talking about the defensive strategy against Terry Rozier, and it's what we talked about earlier. He's getting double teamed with or without the ball. He's getting all the focus of the defense and yet still has to take and make huge shots to keep his team in the game. The overflow of injuries at specific positions is really hard in specific roles. There's the role of premium score, the guys that you can depend on for 20 points per game. Not having LaMelo, not having Gordon Hayward, that puts that much more pressure and that much more attention on Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges. You've got the point guard situation. Your starting point guard and, in theory, your backup point guard are both unavailable. So now Terry's got another job he's got to handle, and then Ish Smith plugging in and doing a, a solid job without a doubt, but it's not the same as having an all-star in his prime or a defensive specialist who is also in his prime. The center position, decimated by injuries. You've got your starter, Mark Williams, out, and your small ball center, P.J. Washington, is out. And then that swing wing, not just a guy who can be a swing player in terms of two-way, but the guy who, as you indicated before in your conversation with Coach, covers so many positions. You can play Gordon Hayward, two through four. You can play Brandon Miller, two through four. You can play P.J. Washington, three through five. Two of them were out, and the other one was sick. So you're really in a difficult place trying to plug all these holes here with so many guys out at the same position. Rosters are not designed to have 
four centers, not in the today's NBA. So when you're down two of them, it really, really starts to get thin. And uh, the Hornets, uh, I don't know if I want to say paid the price for it because it's not as if this was the intended set of circumstances, but it's what they had to live with. One other thing before we get to silver linings, there was one play at the end of regulation that I would be really interested to see a couple of times. Look, Terry Rozier appeared to get hit on the arm. He was adamant at the time of the call. Head coach Steve Clifford was adamant at the time of the call that there was contact on the arm. This is a hole in the replay system. There has to be a call that is replayed. It can't just be a no call that's replayed. And I think that's to the benefit. You want the refs who are the best in the world to make these calls, make the judgment calls on whether something should or should not be reviewed or should or should not be called more often than not. Uh, But I trust Terry on that one. It looked to my eye like there was contact. Again, I haven't seen a really good replay of it just yet. I will be interested to see what the two-minute report says tomorrow or later on today. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. We'll just leave it at that. Nobody wants to get fined here, but, I mean, it's just an unfortunate situation. You're going to have situations like that. Unfortunately, it seems like over the last couple of years now, the Hornets are not the benefactor of those calls. They seem to somehow go the other way, stemming all the way from two years ago, not to reopen old wounds, but, you know, You get a game against Miami where Kyle Lowry's foot is clearly on the three-point line, and somehow that's not reviewable. But I digress. I don't want Sam to go off on another 20-minute tangent. But, again, it sucks. There's no other way to say it. It's terrible. But, you know, hey, maybe we look at the two-minute report later today and somehow they say that it was clean. And they could. They could. could. I I won't have a problem if they do. I haven't seen a replay of it, so I can't speak on what I thought about it. But, I mean, one way or the other, it's a tough situation to be in all around. So I'm going to be Switzerland. I'm going to be neutral here. And regardless, the Hornets had a full overtime to try and make it up. It wasn't as if the Bulls won it on the next shot. So uh, Charlotte had its opportunities. But that one I I will be interested to see because I thought it was a decent look and a hard closeout, which Chicago was forced to make throughout the game because Charlotte was making such crazy shots, specifically Terry Rozier was making such crazy shots. And yet, that was one where if that was a foul, that's a tie game, that's three free throws for a guy who went 12 for 12, you'd like to think he knocks down at least one of them and gives the Hornets the win. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll be the wiser once the two-minute report comes out. Just wanted to throw that one in there before we get to Silver Linings, which is next here on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets. Hivecast brought to you by Senta, another Silver Linings edition, sadly, as the Hornets fell 119-112 to 112 in overtime against the visiting Chicago Bulls. Hornets now dropped to 8-26 and 26 on the season, and Chicago is one of those teams they are chasing. They're now seven games back with the Bulls sitting at 17-21. and 21. Bulls, as of the close of business today, or yesterday, I should say, are in ninth place 
in the Eastern Conference. So that's a sizable gap, and now we are under 50 games, certainly, to go here for Charlotte. So they're going to have to get hot and get some help from other teams if they want to make up the ground. I don't know that that should necessarily be the focus. Kind of take it one game at a time, develop your players. A lot of them, uh, like Nick Smith Jr., like Brandon Miller, have shown some really high, bright spots, and maybe we'll have even further expanded roles in the days and weeks to come, especially if the injuries continue. And uh, we'll have more on that in our last segment today. But right now, it's time for Silver Linings from an overtime loss Rob Longo you tip us off so I'm gonna go with the guy that was the game high leading scorer that's Terry Rozier but the highlight I want to play is not from one of his big time buckets it's actually from a pass Rozier backs away Rozier one-on-one with Williams he'll drive over the right hand a lot from Mensa who lays it in oh how about that the lob the pretty dime and Mensa finished it off at the rim So Terry obviously finishes with a game-high 39 points. Great job today. 10 of 18 shooting from the field, 7 of 13 beyond the arc. Career high in free throws made, 12 of 12 at the charity stripe. But that play right there, that put the Hornets on top in the fourth quarter for the first time since the end of the first quarter with about nine and a half minutes left to go. Terry Rozier's getting double teamed. He's getting triple teamed. He's not having the easiest day at the office. And he has such a selfless play there. As he's driving to the rim, he could easily try to draw contact, get free throws 13 and 14 maybe, but instead he lobs it off to Nathan Mensa who he hasn't played a whole lot with here over the last couple of weeks since Nathan Mensa just got to the roster not that long ago. So the chemistry was still there somehow, and he was just able to find him at a perfect time. Mensa was able to complete the play. So I thought that was a great job by Terry Rozier there facilitating. He had eight assists in the game last night. I think that's a really underrated part of his game. He's not really known a whole lot as a passer, even though – He has the ability to. We've seen him have triple doubles in the past, double-digit assists multiple times. So not only is he being asked to obviously pick up the scoring load with LaMelo Ball out of the lineup, but he has to facilitate as well. And that's going to be something that Terry has to do when he's getting double-teamed and triple-teamed. He's not going to be able to score 39 points night in and night out. Now, the last couple games, he's been doing a phenomenal job of that, of course, obviously dropping 40 not that long ago out in Phoenix. So Terry Rozier... Again, I feel like I pick him every time for his silver lining, or at least somebody does, but he's worthy of it because he is just playing on an otherworldly level right now. He has been tremendous, and as we've said a couple of times, double teamed even without the ball, constant focal point of attention. He's got to take crazy difficult shots. I love the highlight you picked because he handed out eight assists as well. Uh, He's currently top 10 in Hornets history in that category in addition to all the other ones that he's climbing the leaderboards, one that he did, passing Del Curry for fifth most 20-point games in franchise history, now is 157. Oh, by the way, at his 33rd 30-point game, he's third all-time in the franchise on that list as well. Uh, He he just continues to make play after play. Career-high 12 free throws, and, you know, you can look sometimes at the free throw disparity and say, oh, you know, one guy got 12 free throws, he must have been getting all the calls. Well, Chicago took 24 free throws compared to 17 for Charlotte. Charlotte. Uh, there were at times some foul calls that the Hornets didn't love, uh, that they didn't feel were reciprocated on the other end. And of course, we'll wait for the two-minute report to see if there was indeed contact on Terry Rozier's potential game winner. They're not going to get the game back, but maybe the Hornets will get some news that uh, their their concerns were rightful in what was a no call at the time and left the game tied to go into overtime. But great pick, Terry Rozier, an outstanding, outstanding game. Before I give my selection a couple tips of the cap, JT Thor, season high nine points. He's he's a guy who really gets pressed into action. I think it's likely 
P.J. Washington's in. Gordon Hayward is in. Mark Williams is in. We probably don't see J.T. Thor as the rotation uh, has kind of slid in other directions in recent weeks. But he has been called in, and he has really answered the call. Nine points, eight rebounds, knocked down a three, which has been something he'd been struggling with the previous couple weeks. I thought he had a really, really strong game out there for 21 minutes. Uh, One other guy, Nick Smith Jr., career high tying, six made field goals, hit three big threes. 15 points. He continues to shoot a really high percentage from beyond the arc, 50% in this one. So he goes, still remains just slightly above 50% here on his rookie season. He was outstanding. But my silver lining selection, if you're taking Terry Rozier, who's the clear number one, I'll take what I thought was the clear number two out there on the floor, Miles Bridges. Charlotte down two, just seconds left in the game, under a minute. Gives to Bridges. Bridges will drive. Bridges fall away with the left hand. Good to tie it at 107. Miles Bridges, the game-tying shot. It was his only made shot in the fourth quarter and beyond and was just a huge, huge look there for the Hornets, clearly, to tie the game. I thought he was tremendous. Uh, His fourth straight game of 20 or more points in that span. Uh, He has shot the ball really well. Last night, uh, compared to the rest of the streak, a little bit lower, but still 50% solid. Um, He's shot somewhere in the neighborhood of 60% over these last four games. And from three, he has been 50% over these last four games, all while averaging over 25 points per night. I'm running out of words here. He he has just really been outstanding out there. And just as Terry Rozier is getting a ton of attention, so is Miles Bridges. And, And that's kind of the frustrating part is with Brandon Miller sick, as Coach Steve Clifford indicated after the game, with P.J. Washington and Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball and Mark Williams and Cody Martin all out, you're relying on rookies. You're relying on guys who are not called on to take this volume of shots typically in a contest and saying, hey, you need to you know, really bat well above your batting average to open things on the floor. And quite frankly, there weren't a lot of those nights. Bryce McGowan's was one for seven. Brandon Miller was two for 11. That's not to say they didn't play hard or didn't play well. I thought there were a lot of other things they did well. But by not shooting well, it allowed the defense to focus just as much as they were start to finish on Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges, which makes what they did that much more impressive because they did it basically double teamed the entire game. Still, despite the silver linings, Hornets fall 119 to 112 and are now 8 and 26 on the campaign. Coming up next, we got some injury updates from the PR staff. We will relay them to you and let you know uh, what we think might be on the horizon here on the Hornets Hivecast. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's tough. It's tough. I ain't even going to act like it's not. You know, suckers, you know, we all brothers and we, we got a great locker room and, you know, we haven't been at our full strength all season. And then especially when you want to turn things around, you know, we owe it to the city and the fans. And, you know, it's just unfortunate the situation we've been in. But like I said, nobody cares. You know, we can bring it up as all we, all we want, but we still got to play 48 minutes. We still got to play sack on Wednesday, whether we got all our guys or not. Nobody, you know, nobody going to take it easy on it just because, you know, 
we don't have all our guys. So, you know, we just it's next man up mentality is how it's always been, and you just try to control what we control. Hornets guard Terry Rozier after an historic 39-point performance in which he had a career-high 12 made free throws, but the Hornets come up short in overtime, 119 to 112. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you. Clearly, Rob, he's talking about the injuries. Uh, the league does not care, that's true, and Charlotte just having to find answers wherever they can, even if there doesn't seem to be too many out there, uh, because the Hornets are digging basically to the very end of the bench. Uh, the only player who did not play as part of a coach's decision in last night's loss was Leaky Black, a two-way contract player who's had plenty of looks out there in similar style games, just uh, the, the situation didn't necessitate him. I guess uh, James Booknight came out there, played four quality minutes, knocked down a big three. Charlotte, though, uh, comes up short, but they're, they're using everyone because everyone else is hurt or unavailable. Uh, LaMelo Ball... Missed his 19th straight game. Gordon Hayward out with a calf injury. Cody Martin out again, this time with a groin injury. Frank Nilakina has been out since the preseason. P.J. Washington just sprained his foot against Chicago the previous game. And Mark Williams, we got an update on him on his back injury. Let's run through the updates, which might not leave you any time to talk, Rob. So you got anything to say? No. Good, okay, good luck. Uh, take one big breath and try to get it all in one breath. I'm Here kidding. we go. First off, the appealing updates in that it sounds like these guys are participating with the team more and more. And there's that that would lead you to believe that they're getting closer. That's LaMelo Ball and Frank Nilakina. Getting two point guards back on this team would help immensely. It would take a lot of pressure off Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges to have to try and create everything for themselves and others and just give another really high quality scorer and, in theory, a really high quality defender. And the only reason I preface that by saying in theory is because we haven't seen it during the regular season yet. So we believe Frank Nilakina is still what he has been the last couple of years, but we'll, we'll wait to find out, I guess, for sure. So those two, that's the update. P.J. Washington considered day-to-day with the right foot sprain. Typically, that means we'll see him some spectrum of not out for the next game. But, of course, we won't know till later today what exactly is going to be listed. But we were told day-to-day, so that's what we're relaying to you. Gordon Hayward still has some time before his first indicated reevaluation from that calf injury was a pretty significant one. So I don't anticipate him back in days, but uh, hopefully it's not too far off on the horizon. And we did get word on Mark Williams. He will be reevaluated with the back injury in one week. It sounds like we they've gotten some more clarity and they've put a more fixed timeline which I appreciate because it was certainly frustrating for the fans and I'm sure for Mark as well to feel like oh maybe today I'll wake up and feel better and knowing pretty quickly that the answer was no and he would go from doubtful to out and that routine just continued to play itself out now we have more of a timeline he'll be reevaluated in a week after the game head coach Steve Clifford talking about how to play through all of these injuries and absences and the solution not being an ideal one in terms of the wear and tear on the guys who are available yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, that's, that's that's part of all of this. Yeah, for sure. These guys, I mean, even Miles is playing 40 minutes every night. You can't keep doing that all year. I mean, right now, if we're going to win, though, we don't have a choice. And, Rob, given where the Hornets are in the standings, when they get their guys back, there might not be many other options for the Hornets uh, in terms of you know taking some of that pressure off Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges, but at least you'll have some more relief valves and uh, and I guess the silver lining is you've uncovered a couple of things in Nick Smith Jr. His revelationary play as a wing, a hot shooter from three, uh, that's been tremendous. I think Ish Smith has shown a lot uh, in at this stage of his career and what he can do in terms of creating offensively at the point guard spot. JT Thor has played better. Nathan Mensa has played really well for his rookies. There, there's a lot of positives here. 
But no question about it, getting guys back is the answer to seemingly all that ails the Hornets. Oh, yeah, I think that's been the problem for the last two years now when you go back and look at everything. And, again, it just goes back to – I mean, even if it's just one player or two players that you're able to get back would certainly make a world of a difference. And again, nobody's going to feel sorry for you, like Terry Rozier said not that long ago when we when we played that quote there. But I mean, the other thing about this too is if you take anybody's top players away, it's a completely different roster. And I think the biggest example of that outside of Charlotte this year, especially unfortunately after the news came down yesterday, is the Memphis Grizzlies with John Moran, who is now going to be out for the season. He only played nine games, and they were 6-3 and three in those games. Without him, I think they're, what, 7-20 and 20 or something like that? So that's something to consider. And keep in mind, too, is that before the season even started, Steven Adams was out for the year as well, who is a great pick-and-roll partner for John Moran. So you take two of Memphis's best players. I know it kind of got retold a little bit with Dylan Brooks moving on and all those sorts of things and kind of trading for some different guys in there as well. But all in all... Those are two of the best players that Memphis has, and all of a sudden, they're at the bottom of the Western Conference. And that's something that, again, not a lot of people saw this year. A lot of people, I think, saw the Grizzlies as maybe being one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Certainly makes sense when you have a guy like John Moran, who is a proverbial all-star. Well, the Hornets have one of those, too, in LaMelo Ball. And then you take away his pick-and-roll partner, like Mark Williams, who's missed some significant time as well. You backlog all of that with some injuries in the depth spots. That also adds to the factor in addition to all of those other injuries. So I know it's kind of the common refrain that we've had here, episode, broadcast in, broadcast out, episode in, episode out. But, I mean, it just it makes sense. And when you look at some other teams that are now going to have to deal with some of these other injuries, Tyrese Halliburton got hurt the other day for the Pacers. Interested to see what that does for them as well. Obviously, we want to root for health. We want everybody to be 100% no matter what all of the time. But that's just simply not the case when you have a game like basketball that has a season over the course of 82 games. In the case of Indiana, they have 83 games this year as well since they made the in-season tournament. So, again, it's one of those things where if you take anybody – off of any roster that is one of the top players on that team. It's going to significantly change their win totals. It's going to significantly change the outcome of those games. Unfortunately, we've just been living through that nightmare over the last two years now here in Charlotte, but other teams are starting to get a taste of that as well, unfortunately. And the Memphis one is a really good example because you look at what they were able to do with John Morant on the floor. That that one superstar introduced back with a lot of the core. It's not all of it, but a lot of it. Uh, they were 7-4 and four in the games, that, that spell of time where he was more or less available. And they lost roughly three out of every four games. They went 6-19 and 19 without him. You look at the Hornets, they have not been whole at all this season. There hasn't been a single game where LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier all play together. Now, I'm not saying if they all start playing together that there's going to be a similar win stretch where the Hornets are winning 60% of the remainder of their games. If they do, you're looking at a team that still finishes somewhere north of 35 wins based off the numbers. If, if LaMelo shows up tomorrow against Sacramento and he, Miles, and Terry are enough with whatever other collection of pieces is around them to win at that kind of clip, you're looking at a roughly 35-win team and maybe that's enough to make the postseason, maybe it's not. But you look at what happens when you don't have those three playing together, which has been the story the entire season, and Charlotte is losing at the exact same rate that Memphis has been losing without John Morant. Doesn't mean you can't get wins. means that it's very, very hard to do when you don't have your stars. And one last piece to throw in here on this, uh, for all those looking at the roster and looking at the record and saying, oh, it's time to you know make major, major changes, I would offer you this. You look at teams like Oklahoma City and Sacramento, who rebuilt through the draft, have been lucky to land a star and then had to be patient finding the other stars to surround him with. 
Oklahoma City got Shea Gilgis Alexander a long time ago in that Kawhi Leonard Paul George pieces of the deals uh, with L- uh, the Paul George I apologize deal with LA. That was the pullback. He missed multiple ends of seasons, had a lot of, lot of, lot of losses for that franchise, even though everyone could clearly see what kind of star he was. Finally, they get healthy, they hit on a couple of draft picks, and all of a sudden, they look like a world beater. Sacramento drafted De'Aaron Fox a very long time ago. He's from the Jason Tatum draft. He is a star, a scoring star. He's been an incredible basketball player his whole career. It took a long time to get the other stars around him. They had to draft Tyrese Halliburton, figure out that wasn't the right fit, trade him for another star who was a better fit in Zabonis and put all those pieces around it, continue to draft well, and now look at them. They're a team that has a, a above 60% win percentage and is one of the better squads in the Western Conference. So what I mean to say by bringing all this long diatribe is that you have to be patient and you have to find stars. And when you find them and identify them, you can't give them away before you let the team come together. You have to exhibit a little patience. That's how you build rosters in the modern NBA. I sincerely believe the Hornets have the makings of one, and maybe they turn it around as soon as tomorrow against the Sacramento Kings. Would be nice. (laughs) Certainly would be nice. I mean, you talk about maybe, quote-unquote, blowing stuff up too soon. I mean, look at Brooklyn. Brooklyn went all in with three stars. They tried to go after it. They tried to go in with Kyrie and Katie and Harden, and that lasted, what, two seasons? And now all of a sudden, nobody's left on that team. So, again, I don't want to say that Brooklyn is in the basement or anything like that trying to retool, but you went after these big fish, you went after these superstars, and that's how you tried to circumvent the process of building through the draft and acquiring players here and there and maybe getting one big free agent. It doesn't work like it. It doesn't happen overnight as much as you want it to. I think Phoenix is another good example. Now they're treading water right now and they were there not that long ago, but then they trade away Chris Paul and all of a sudden they get KD and then they get Bradley Beal and they're trying to do that overnight as well. I don't think it happens overnight. There's very few instances where it does. So again, you got to be patient. I know that the Hornets fans have been patient. The faithful have been patient for a very, very long time, considering no playoffs, no playoff appearances, no playoff series wins. It's been a long, long time, but you know, it's just one of those things where you got the pieces now. You got LaMelo Ball. You got Mark Williams. You got Terry Rozier. You just have to be a little bit more patient. I promise it's going to turn soon. Hopefully that dawn is going to break with a better injury report for tomorrow's game against Sacramento. The last one on what seems like an enormous homestand after so long on the road. Uh, Hornets do have... I think it's 13 of the next 19 games between now and the All-Star break still at Spectrum Center, so plenty of opportunities to see the Hornets at the Hive, including tomorrow against the Kings. We'll have a game preview podcast for you available tomorrow on game day. Till then, Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me in studios. Yep, we'll talk to you here in a couple hours from now. Looking forward to it. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. Hornets, again, a silver linings edition of the HHC falling 119-112 to to the Bulls. They're now 8-26 and on the season, and they'll try and get another W tomorrow. Till next time, for Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.